Let's turn to Romans chapter 10. We're ministering on a subject. Uh, this is our third week on talk yourself into the life you love. Would you point to yourself with me and say, hey, you, hey, you. talk yourself into the life you love. So we're going to talk about words. We're going to talk about what moves the kingdom. I will note with you tonight that life, just generally, all faiths, all kinds of peoples, all generations, most of their life for most people is what we would call self-improvement. Hardly anybody except those that are, that are uh, um, troubled in their life say, I don't care. I just don't care if I improve or I have a better life. Almost all people are in self-improvement. And that could, uh, I wrote down marriage. We all want a very better marriage. That, you know, if mama ain't happy, you know the story. And money, we want self-improvement. We want uh, self-improvement in, in the realm of respect and our peers and our family, uh, our community. We're all wanting self-improvement in the arena of peace. That's why we go to the beach. That's why we go to the mountains. That's why we go wherever we go is because it's an emotional peace, and we like that. We want that. We'll pay for that. We'll uh, sacrifice for that. And we also want self-improvement on uh, our legacy. Everybody, I don't know of everybody, but a lot of people think about how they'll be remembered. Now, we're all going up in the rapture, so that's irrelevant, but uh, still people are talking and so what do people say? People, just regular folks, uh, I'd say a lot of Christians, they say this, and you've heard it, you never know what God's going to do. And that's, uh, we all have agreed with that and say, well, yeah, that's right, you never know what God's going to do, and we mean it in, a, in a, a positive way, but actually, that's not true. We know exactly what God's going to do. And so it's not just that he's going to do what's in his word. He's going to do his word that we believe and say. And that's the, the whole point of what we're doing here. So if you knew what God was going to do, you would talk yourself into the life you love. And I'm talking to me. It's better to talk to yourself than to have someone else have to talk to you. We say it all the time that, you know, you've got you to gotta wonder in your life, if the Lord needed to get something to you, he needed to tell you something, and you weren't connecting with the Holy Ghost, and you, you were just like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And the Lord said, I'll send somebody and give them a thus saith the Lord. Is there anybody in your life that he could send? He might not could send your little brother. He might not could send your wife or your husband. He might not could send your associates or whatever. So we all need a connection, a relationship with somebody that we would trust, that we wouldn't get our feelings hurt, that we would even welcome them to come to us and say, I don't know what this means, but the Lord just told me to come and tell you thus and such, and if you'll do thus and such, and you know, you're in all of that. It's a very comfort to us to know that God's spoken to us, and when we can't seem to hear him or get a confirmation, somebody comes out of the blue and just said, here's what the Lord's saying. You go, that affirms, that confirms what was going on in my life. So let's say this tonight. Let's say words are the very foundation and core of everything in your life. There's nothing else. I know it, there's a lot of competition, a lot of other things that people uh, would say, no, the core of, of uh, foundation in my life is money, or it's power, or it's control. This would be the world. 
It's status. It's uh, are my children. That's the thing. I, if my kids, if they love me, I'm good. I don't care about anything else. But actually, the guiding thing in all of our lives, the common thing that God set into the kingdom, and it was his kingdom to do. It was, you know, you may not like how he did it, but it was his to do. And once he did it, he said, this is the way it is, and it doesn't matter if we disagree or don't like. That is the way it is. The red light always means stop, and the green light always means go. And if you don't agree with that and you don't, uh, you know, it's trouble. So you've got to agree with the system. Amen. So it's, uh, I wrote down here, all potential. All potential. Now this is going to be a pretty tough statement. All potential is the harvest or the end result of believing words you say. Believing words you say. Believing words you say. So if the Bible says where the Lord Jesus said in Mark 11, he said, Say to the mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, and do not doubt in your heart, but believe those things which you sayeth shall come to pass. You shall what? Have whatsoever you say. So he's talking about believing there. So we have to work ourselves or school ourselves or bring ourselves to agree with the word until we believe his word in us and coming out of us is true. By his stripes I was healed. You can say it and say it and say it. He supplies all my need. You can say it, he supplies, he supplies. But until you believe those words which you say, it's just going to be going to school. It's going to be just tutoring yourself. So all of the kingdom of God is working off of words. Two things that the kingdom works off of is words and seeds, and actually words are seeds. So all the kingdom of God, all the goodness of God, all of everything God's got for you as a child of God comes to you by the words of your mouth. That's pretty radical. Because most religion just says, well, if God wants to, he'll, he'll bless you. And if he doesn't want to, you're out until he gets in a better mood or all these different things. But the truth is, he's very stable. He has a system. He never deviates from it. The rules are in here. Follow the rules and you'll have what the rules bless. So in Romans chapter 10, uh, all of the kingdom comes by the word of your mouth. So chapter 10 of Romans says this, verse 9. That if thou wilt confess with thy mouth, confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. And then he goes on, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So by the words of our mouth, the kingdom is brought in. Now we're using salvation here. Uh, Romans 10, 13, it's right down the, the verse there. It says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. So let's go to, let's, if, let's, uh, let me read Titus 3.5. That backs this up because Titus 3.5 says, Not by works of righteousness we have, which we have done, but according to his mercy he has saved us. So we're not saved by works or good things or bad things. So you can have right words and a right heart and still do bad things and be saved. You go, well, that's, that just can't be right. Well, it's, it's his kingdom. It's his system. And this is the way he set it up. And it don't just work for God, it works for us too. Exactly like that. So if all the kingdom of God and his goodness comes into our lives by 
words that we speak, then we could turn and say that all of the kingdom of hell goes out of our life by words we speak. And we sang tonight, Romans 8, 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to those which are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Well, how can that be? Well, I've done things. You've done things. We've not done things we should have. We weren't ready when we should have been ready. And we, all the things that life holds. Well, how do we get out of that condemnation, that guilt? Like, sometimes it has terrible consequences. Sometimes somebody's life is lost because of things we think we should have done, could have done, and we didn't. We weren't there. And there's a tragedy. There's a terrible thing. How do we get past that guilt? Well, it says in uh, 1 John 1, 9. Would you turn there with me? 1 John 1, 9. All of hell, the kingdom of hell, leaves your life by the words of your mouth. Now, that would involve repentance. That would, re that would involve uh, uh, owning things and repenting of it. But it's not like us as little kids that we just, we just waited out our mom or our dad's mood. You just lay low. Don't go in there and ask them. It's not good. You know, one brother will tell the other one, not now. It's not good. <laughs> Whoo. And so it's like, okay, I've done something bad or I haven't done something I should have. I'll just wait on God. And this is what most Christians do. They just disappear. They run from God and, and they forget or it, it uh, loses its importance for them. And they assume God forgot. In other words, maybe after 10 days, he forgot how bad I was and what I did and how I thought. And so it's okay now. But that's not what the Word says. In verse 9, it says, if we confess our sins. If we confess our sins, what happens? He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So sin goes out of the life or out of the body through the mouth. And, he, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That word all means each one. So he, he doesn't just say, I'll get most of them, but you're going to have to come back later for the other 10%. He takes care of all of us. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 12. So the kingdom operates on words. Well, how important is that? Well, I can do that. I can do that. I have a, 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 a body and a, a soul, mind, will, and emotions, that can control my words my heart, my spirit man is connected to those words, and I can, I can do the kingdom if it's based on words. If it's, you know, walk on burning glass or swim the whatever, or, or like so many people that do penance, they, God, I won't eat any pleasant bread, or I won't, I won't do this or that. That's the demon gods of the Old Testament and the, the people where they try to pacify God. But that's not what he says does that for him in, uh, in, Matthew, in Matthew chapter 12. There, there we are. Let's look in verse 34. See, I can do this. I can do this. I can confess my sins. I can do that. I can call upon the name of the Lord and get saved. I can do that. Now, it's so easy that most people don't believe it. They think there should be a corresponding action, a penance, a uh, sacrifice, a, uh, some sort of, uh, of uh, sorrow. But it says in chapter 12, in verse, uh, where were we, 34. 
the Lord Jesus. It's a red letter. It says, O generation of vipers. Well, he came out of the gate sweet and gentle, didn't he? <laughs> o generation of vipers. I, I think he's a straight shooter. I think he's fixing to tell them uh, how it really is. How can ye, being evil, speak good things? So he must not be talking about our head, because we can contrive any conversation. We can, we can read something, quote something. We can make up something. People do it all the time. But he said, uh, speak good things. So he's talking about more than our head. He's talking about the heart, isn't he? He said, you may, you may fake it. You may speak stuff out of your head, and we all think you're okay, but you're evil, and you can't speak good things. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. The mouth speaketh. The mouth speaketh. Well, what, what do we care? What, what do we care if the mouth speaks, whatever it speaks? That's irrelevant to our life, unless it's not. Unless our words from our heart move mountains or condemn them, condemn us. I, I looked that up, and... Uh, let me read it to you out of the, let's substitute for evil, because we think evil, that's, that's a molester, that's a, that's, a, that's a bad person. But actually, it's not, it's, it's broader than that. It means unbelieving, worldly, natural. So it'd be someone that wasn't a Christian. It'd be someone that was on the outside. So let me read that for us. Uh, it says, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, unbelieving, worldly, natural, speak good things? So good things come out of something different than natural, worldly, and uh, unbelieving. For out of the abundance, and we looked at this word, remain, that which remains, the surplus, out of the surplus of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Now let's go to verse 35. A good man. So we're, he talked about an evil man, an unbelieving man, a natural man. He, but he said, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart. Here's the contrast. Bringeth forth, bringeth forth, bringeth forth good things. How does the kingdom work? A good man out of the good treasure of his heart speaks. And when he speaks, it brings forth good things. Now, how hard is that? It's like, Lord, that's too easy. That, it's got to be more complicated than this. How can I tell my friends that all you do is this and all you don't do is that? And they'll say, I want a piece of that. There, we all want a rigorous track to be able to follow to prove that we are worthy. But that's not the way the kingdom is. A good man out of the good treasure. Let me read that. Uh, good man saying a righteous man, a believing man. And a spiritual man, that would be a good man. He would be righteous, he would be believing, he would be spiritual. So a good man, a righteous, believing, spiritual man, out of the good treasure, we look that up and it means wealth, of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil, an unbelieving, a worldly, a natural man, out of the evil, unbelieving, worldly, natural treasure, that's in his heart, what, do, what happens? Bringeth forth unbelieving, worldly, and natural things. So in another passage, he says, how can a, how can a bramble bring forth figs? And how can a, uh, a thorn bush bring forth uh, grapes or whatever he said? He's saying it, it can't. And then he said, turns to a, 
water. And he says, how can a spring, a sweet spring, bring forth, uh, what, is, what did he say? Bad water, whatever that word was. And how, how does a foul spring bring forth good water? It, it, it's the same thing. So the source, if I can change what's in my treasure, if I can change this right down here, the Lord Jesus said, my mouth will convey whatever I put in here. So it's not just saying words like, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. It's putting things down in here that agree with the word that says, by his stripes, I was healed. He supplies all my need. But I have to, conv- I have to, I have to bring unity or agreement with this part down here with the word of God. Because this is the only source of good things, spiritual things. So if I bring forth, if I put good things in, he said, your mouth will betray you. And it always does. If you'll listen to people long enough, you can measure them exactly. I mean, not exactly, but you can measure what kind of person they are if you'll just listen to them long enough. Because out of the abundance, the overflow, the, the, the uh, running over of a man's heart, he will betray himself one way or the other by his words. And so you can just listen to their words, and you can find out where they are. And they'll talk, and they'll talk. You know, the... the the big thing is like when uh, pastors or, or just anyone that's righteous gets on an airplane and, and they say, what do you do? That's what men always do. What do you do? And you say, well, I, uh, I'm a minister or whatever you say. Suddenly, I've had this happen suddenly. Well, I, teach a, I used to teach a Sunday school class back in the 20s and, and uh, it, I, they just, uh, I don't drink much anymore and... <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing where they start asserting themselves to be pleasing. Uh, It's amazing. So a good man, a righteous, believing, spiritual man, out of the good treasure, the good wealth of his heart, bringeth forth good things. And an unbelieving, worldly, natural man, unbelieving, worldly, natural. Jesus called that an evil man. If you're not in, you're all the way out. If you're not with him, you're against him. He said, that man, the evil man, the unbelieving worldly natural man, bringeth forth unbelieving worldly and natural thing. So the good things he's talking about here, he says bringeth forth good things, is a treasure. It's a wealth. It's something that you, that, that you, that you uh, what's that word? You take from heaven and you put it in here. And you plant it like a seed into your heart. You meditate this. And you meditate it and it becomes a, what uh, Mark chapter 4 says. Seed that's planted on the good, the good ground of your heart. You plant it there and the word says it grows. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. Uh, we don't know how, but it grows up in there. And out of that treasure, that investment, that endowment that you put in your heart, in your spirit man, by reading and meditating... He said it will come out, and when it comes out, it will change everything in front of you. It will change your situation. Your situation is natural. It's uh, uh, unbelieving. It'll change that and transform it so much so that if you meditate being born again and then you call upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says you'll have an immediate transformation in your spirit, man. You'll be regenerated from above, and in the twinkle of an eye, you'll be born again a new creature in Christ. That's pretty powerful. And then we, we just read in Mark chapter 11, he says, if you'll say to the mountain, 
and believe what you say. Be agree with what's in, not have a thing like, I'm saying this, but I don't agree. I doubt it's going to happen, but you agree with it. He said, you'll have whatever you say. Not what God says, but what you say that God has said. Pretty powerful. Uh, if you watch the news at all, you could be pretty upset right now with America. Not with America, but with what we convey would be the politicians making long-term policy changes that we don't like or I don't like concerning all manner of life and coming against churches and guns and whatever your position is, they're, they're, they're on the move. And we, we can stay cranked up all the time about it. If you watch anything or hear anything, you can get pretty cranked up. I, I'm sure that when President Trump was in, there was lots of people cranked up, you know, because right now we're in a very polarizing society, and it's been uh, so hard. And what, what my assessment, I'm just going to bring this for a second, my assessment is, is America's 240-something years old. We've been living off the words of our founding father. They, they, every state in the, in the Union, all 50, in their preamble of their state constitution, calls on God and says we, we look to God for wisdom. And then our constitution, uh, the founding fathers said, if, if this will only work for a Christian nation, and if you ever leave the Christian faith, this thing could be easily subverted and turned around and uh, go the other way. So I think, this is my belief, we've been living on a covenant oath from the days gone back, and our great-grandparents and our parents and all that stuff have been enforcing that or affirming that. And so we've had a measure of grace in, in America. We are blessed in America. And it's not because we have more of this and more force and more copper, whatever. It's because God's good hand has been on the United States. But as I've been dealing with this, because I don't like to be cranked up all the time, and the long term, well, they're going to do this, and they're going to run up the debt, and they're going to this, that, and the other, which they've all done. You get cranked up about our future, but the word, I go back to the word, the word doesn't tell us that everything will be good all the way down the road. He just said it'll be good for you. So no matter what happens, because it was a rough government in the Lord Jesus' day, it was a rough government in Paul's day, and they had success. And so I'm not asking you to do anything. I'm just saying for myself, I'm going to quit looking at what they do day to day and what so-and-so says, and they're going to impeach this, and they're going to whatever. It's like, I don't care. I'm going to keep my focus on him to put his word, not their words, but his word in me so that I can speak forth good things and have a good life no matter what's going on around. And take my attention off of those things, which it's been there. Uh, what the government does right now, they only shape whatever you're going to overcome. If they do the money or if they do abortion or if they do whatever they do, it's just going to shape. It's going to be the, the form of what you and I will overcome. And whatever, whatever they shoot to us, we'll overcome it. The nation may go through all sorts of rocky times, which they have before, but it won't affect me. I'll have to meet it with my faith. 
I'll have to speak good things, not unbelieving natural things. And when I do, I will have good things. Because I, I, get, I get involved. I'm assuming that you get involved. Because Christians, spirit-filled Christians especially, are passionate people. And so we're passionate about everything. We have an opinion. We have a, a cause and everything. Uh, but they only control what we're going to overcome. So I'm just going to put my focus more and more on the Word. What he said to me about me and what he said about my future, I'm going to stay on that because that's the only thing that will stand forever. You know, any old dead fish can just go down a stream, but it takes a live one to go up a stream. And I want to be alive. I want to be where he wants me to be on the day that he needs me for this nation or for, or for the world. So let's turn to Romans chapter 12. We're winding this up. If I could impress you with anything concerning this message, it would be that you would change your mind, if it needed changing, you would change your mind about the control or the influence that you have over the future of a life. Because we, we feel pretty overpowered. Uh, politicians get up and, and, and people around us, well, we need to do something. And it's true, something needs to be done. But I'm John Q. Citizen. What, what am I going to do? How am I going to stand up and rail back and, and uh, bully back and everything? Well, I'm not. I'm going to go to what I am. I am a spiritual man. I'm a good man. I'm a, I'm a, uh, a righteous man, aren't, aren't we? And I'm going to do what they do instead of going to war against what they've done. I'm going to take up a different weapon. In chapter 12 of Romans, in verse uh, 2, uh, Paul is telling the church at Rome, he said, uh, present your bodies. And then verse 2, he says, and be, so there's an and there, do the first part, which is present your bodies, a living sacrifice, and not just your bodies, be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world. Don't meet them where they are. If you take a fight or take a movement or take a righteousness, Take it in the spirit realm. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. So there we go. We have to, what, what is the word? It's God's kingdom inside of us taking up residence until there's an overflow. You know, when you first start out, you, you read the word, meditate the word, but there's so much of unbelief, there's so much of the old life, there's so much that's, that's, that you're drinking in from around, you might, you might say, well, that's what God's Word says, but I don't really believe. So you've got to just keep pouring it in and start driving that, uh, that unbelief out. Because right now we're living in a world that uh, uh, terminal diseases are rampant. Not just the pandemic, but cancer and, you know, all those things. And if you look at the statistics of it, you could be very fearful. You could be saying, you know, I might only live to be 45 years old or 50 or whatever. But that doesn't affect me. The statistics are not my future. They're, they're somebody's future that did not stand, but they're not my future if I will stand. So he said, how are you going to stand? He says, be not conformed to this world. Don't buy their stuff, their information, their whatever. How do I do it? But be ye transformed by the renewing, renewing the renovation 
of your mind. And then he goes on how you test that. You prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So let's read, read it this way based on what we just did in Matthew. Be not conformed to this unbelieving, worldly, and natural world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind in righteousness, believing, and spiritual things. So we're, just gonna, we're not going to look at what the world's looking. We're going to look at what the Word says is working. Would you turn to James chapter 1? James chapter 1. We're making a case for victory. We're making a case for winning. We're making a case that we're not overwhelmed. We're not uh, 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 stomped out. We're not uh, the, the, the little guy. We absolutely dominate with what we know and what we do, what we say. He said in James chapter 1, which uh, is so powerful, look in verse, um, where am I? Verse 7, there we go. Uh, verse 6 says, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. And because he said, the, the man that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Verse 7, for let not that man, you can look in verse 5, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, let not that man that's not put good things into his heart, that's not washed and renewed his mind, let net, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man. So, one, one in one moment, uh, Mark 11, uh, verse 23 says, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he saith. Well, obviously, doubting would be being double-minded. And he said, it's not like, well, when you're in faith, it works, and when you're not in faith, faith has a time lapse to it. From when you speak to the mountain till the mountain actually moves, sometimes is a day or two, <laughs> or 16, or 28, or whatever. Sometimes it doesn't move right away, and... Uh, uh, for Abraham, it was 25 years, but it did move. Let not that man think that he will, shall receive anything of the Lord. Verse 8, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So a double-minded man. Proverbs uh, 23, 7 says, what does it say? For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. No, it's how much money he has or how much influence he has or, or uh, no, as he thinks. You're measured by how you think. And if you don't renew your mind, you're measured into natural, worldly things. And if you're measured in your mind to be a righteous man, you put on righteousness, you put on the Lord Jesus, you put on His Word, you invest His Word as seed into your heart, then the Word says there that you'll have, you'll have what you want, it'll be easy. But you have to do that. You can't say, this is so easy, we don't have to do anything. You have to do this. Uh, have you ever heard of a born-again, spirit-filled, Christian man that was living with his electricity turned off because he had no money? Just living in the dark. Uh, when, when the power was on, his refrigerator didn't work, so that wasn't even it. Uh, yet, this same man, living in a home with the no lights if I ever was with him I could start quoting a scripture 
and he would finish it. So he's no dummy. Uh, the man was a faithful man. He was a tithing man. He was a good man. He listened uh, at work when he was working. He would listen to podcasts by different preachers that were fiery and, you know, and all that. And he was a real blessing. And, uh, and so I heard him say one time, he said, I wish I would do what I know. He said, my life would change if I would do what I know. So we all would be, we could all take that and say, I need to do or be who I am. Instead of being one way in the world and then one way when we go to God. Uh, so I got to plant the word. I got to plant the word. I got to plant the word because it's only on the overflow, the abundance of the heart, that my mouth will speak. So if I don't have an abundance of who I am in Christ, I'm going to speak what natural men around me are speaking. Woe is me. The government's undone. America's going down the tubes. All those things, jobs are drying up. All those things, they will affect me. And I will not be bold. But if I put in the word, no matter what's going on, I will stand my ground and the mountain will do what I say to do it. Whatever that mountain is, your job, your situation. Let me just say this, and we'll quit. But faith always stops at the question mark. Faith always stops. You're in faith, you're going, you're a-blowing. In Matthew 21, 21, Jesus said, if you have faith and doubt not, if you have faith and doubt not, well, now, how could you have faith and doubt? Because there's two entities in you and I, our spirit, our soul, and our body. There's three. And so we could doubt in our head, but never flinch down here. You ever had thoughts when you were in faith? You had thoughts like, oh, my word, look what just happened. And you played them out in your head, and then you jerked yourself back and said, but the word says, the word says. This is who I am, this is what I have, this is what I do, the Word says. So you could doubt in your heart, your head, without ever changing anything down here. And he goes on, he said, uh, uh, he, Ye shall not only do that which is done to the fig tree, but also you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, it shall be done, even with doubt in your heart. But then we look back at Matthew where he says, The Lord Jesus said, the world is looking for what they eat, what they drink, and what they wear. And he said, take no anxious thought, saying. So if it doesn't come out of your mouth, it's, it's stillborn. It has no life. That thought just leaves. It has no power. But if we give it dominion by saying, what are we going to do? It looks bad. It is bad. I'll lose my job. Right there, we have doubted in our heart and cast aspersions on our faith and the double-minded man will not receive anything from God so all the Christians around us that we say I thought they were faith people they mostly were but a lot of times they got to a breaking point and they lost it and they have to start over I mean I have to start over sometimes I go how'd that get out well the way it got out is because it was in abundance I had more of it and didn't realize it was coming in through the news or my friends or whatever. And I had that in abundance, and out of the, abundant, the abundance of my heart, it spoke. And it took over. It commandeered my life. 
and faith just slid to the side. And so I got to go back. What do I have to do? I have to change what's in abundance. Sometimes you have to draw away from the unbelief as you're drawing to the Word of God. So that's why it's powerful. Now, we can all think about stuff and just say, I don't need no preacher, I don't need church, I don't watch nothing. I'll just read the Word and do it. But, but you have nothing, the Holy Ghost has no way to confront us when we get into a slight error. Have you ever justified something you wanted? Well, yeah. Says, well, my little SSR. <laughs> there is no redeeming value for that thing except it's a four-wheeled motorcycle. I, but I didn't even try to justify it. I didn't even say, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but it's red. I just said, I asked the Lord, could I have it? Because I've been wanting one for years and years. And he said, yeah, go for it. And then Deborah Ann said, yeah, I think you ought to go for it. But there's no way. But I've, there's other cases where I just said, well, I think this would be good because of this. And it would be good because of that. And everybody's around you saying, that ain't it. That's no good reason. And you just talked yourself into it. Well, you need to be confronted by the Word of God when it's preached or taught. And you go, what was I thinking? And you get back on track. Amen. The neat thing about the kingdom, it's that way about everything. But in the kingdom, if someone says, if someone spells D-O-G to you and passes the card to you, D-O-G, immediately who we are and how we're made, we convert that to an image. And then if they tell you it's a bad dog, you, you modify the image, you update. They say it's a good dog. Say it's a valuable dog. You say it's a mutt. You say it's my dog. Or you say it's your dog, get him out of my yard. <laughs> but but we, we don't see D-O-G, we see an image. And so when you see the word, when you see by his stripes ye were healed, if you just read the words, if you just read the words and say that was information, and you don't bring it into the meditation part of your spirit, and you see yourself healed. You see someone, I used to say, I don't say it anymore, I can run, my confession was, I can run as fast as anybody my age. I never could get that to be in abundance, because <laughs> I wasn't that fast, and older people than me was, uh, uh, Pastor West one time, he uh, sold his motorcycle, he, and he, the guy that came for it, he said, uh, uh, he said, why are you selling it? He said, well, it's kind of my age, and you know, I'm, it's time for me. And the guy said, well, what am I going to do? I'm 71. And Pastor West was only 55 or 6 or whatever, and it's like, what am I going to do? He got on the motorcycle and took it to the beach and just blowed out. It's, it's what you see yourself doing. I used to have motorcycles, and I, one day I saw myself park it and sell it. And I couldn't be talked out of it. It was time. And that's the way the Word of God is. So we have to, we can't just read past the words and say, by stripes you were healed. He, uh, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. Well, you've got to see that. You've got to bring those words into you and see you being the recipient of what he did, and he became poor that I might be just as he was or that he now is. So when you transact that, suddenly it rises up in you 
and there's an abundance in your heart because you've seen it, now your words will go backwards. You'll take the image and you'll say what you see. And those words coming out of your heart will bring or form the image, will bring the reality of what you see in here by what you say. That's how faith works. And that's why he said and, does, and, and believes in his heart that he shall have whatsoever he saith, he shall have whatever he saith. You've connected in there. Amen. In the kingdom, wonderful. It's like you never know what God's going to do. Or, you know, God works in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. He didn't work in mysterious ways. He works exactly according to his word and how I fit in that word, how I'm willing to conform to that word. He's not a magician, but he's true to his word.